Welcome to 101. I'm Greg Bassett, your host from the Salisbury Independent Newspaper. It's a big day here at PAC 14. We're starting our interviews with candidates for mayor of the city of Salisbury, and today we have Randy Taylor. Welcome, Randy. Thank you. I appreciate it, Greg. Appreciate you having me. So let's do some quick biographical stuff. I've known you forever, but people who might not know you, who is Randy Taylor? Well, I'm from Salisbury. Um, I've lived in Salisbury my entire adult life. I came back here after college, and I've been here ever since. I've spent 25 years in the banking business. So uh, I did commercial lending and managed a portfolio of about $45 million. And um, in the last six years, uh, I have run a company that does uh, restoration, historic restoration. So I buy and renovate and resell older properties um, in and around Salisbury in the historic districts. What do you see out there in the neighborhoods when you're out there every day doing houses? Um, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. I mean, we've got challenges. I mean, um, I've done... One over on East Church Street was actually my original home when I came back to Salisbury. Wow. And, and I sold it five or six years ago. I mean, five or six years later, but bought it back about uh, two years ago. Renovate, had experienced a fire, renovated it, and resold it. And if you, any of your listeners want to watch, look at that project, it tells you what we do. It's at 901 East Church Street on the corner of Church and Troy. So. You know, people say all the time that we have too much rental housing, but I think the, the demographic, demographics have changed that people want more rental housing. Yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, you know, I think affordability is a problem, and so you know, um, I think that's going. That's a nationwide problem. You know, people have asked me because I sp I've been kind of a student in the neighborhoods. I was on the board of SNHS or Salisbury Neighborhood Housing Service for twelve years. You know, we need to if we're looking to bring a balance of home ownership and, and rental, I think we need to create in incentives for the seller, meaning the rental owners and the buyers, to to come together. And I think S. Salisbury Neighborhood Housing Service does that to a degree. I think I'd like to, if I were mayor, I would probably put more resources in that to get that balance. I think there's a there's a motive, there's a there's a desire on the part of the landlords to do that, and they want to do that over time more than they've ever had. I think in the, in the history of the city. So what triggered this for you? Where were you when you decide decided you know I'm going to run for mayor? Why'd you why'd you want to do it? Well, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine that that's you know I, I think I've probably been preparing for this in my head about for about 25 years, and that we we talk about city stuff and it become occupies a lot of our conversation. But really what motivated me was I think I bring to the table a unique set of skills. I've, I've got um, you know, people skills and negotiation skills and financial management skills, which I think is a big component of where we are as a history of the city. But um, what I began to see increasingly was things were occurring that I wasn't aware of. There was a lack of transparency, and the second was that I'm not sure it was getting a lot of buy-in, So we were so, which has given birth to my, as I said on my uh, before my um, my byline, which is progress, which I think we can enjoy, and with transparency, which I think involves the public, which I think is a good thing. Well, you know, I'm really worried about progress because I, you know, I want the city to stay progressive. You know, people sure. on the peninsula look to us for to kind of show the way on a lot of things, but. I'm always I'm surrounded now by people who want things to go back to the way they were. Like, let's put Waverly back the way it was. Let's get rid of the speed bumps. <laughs> yeah. Um, where Where are you on some of those things? Well, I live actually in North Camden, so I'm like one street over from Waverly. And I think I can agree. With, you know, I think on Carroll we failed failed a bit. I think on Waverly the first time we failed a bit. I think on College we failed a little bit. I think we're solving problems we don't have and and not paying attention to the ones that we do. You know, I'm, I'm not opposed to having a pedestrian-friendly or bicycle-friendly neighborhood or city, but I think we can do that 
you know, with, with a little bit more constraint than we've currently applying. Um, and I think most people would agree. I've, you know, I've talked to a ton of people out there in the last you know, couple of months, and it's been like drinking from a fire hose on that topic. There's a lot of, and now we're talking about potentially, I think you actually, the independent, you, you're talking about, you listed the bond projects that they're yeah. looking to do. I think they're looking for $5.8 million on waiver, I mean, on uh, Eastern Shore Drive. There's probably some room for some beautification, absolutely, some traffic calming, absolutely, maybe some bike paths on this, each side, but not reduce it to one lane and make it so you can't turn around or turn on the side streets. That's going to impact that entire area. So I think that's the kind of thing that, you know, and I think when this original Vision Zero got rolled out, they kind of approved a bunch of streets, but they didn't have any details. And so the approval kind of superseded the actual design, and that's when construction started, people are going, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? And that's the kind of stuff we need to end. We need to be very transparent and very more charrette oriented. I know you've been very vocal about downtown and one thing you've been really opposed to are these kind of the low bid contracts for uh, city land where city the city came in, took control of property that was in trouble. Yeah. Now they're, they're selling it off in the, in the interest of capitalism because really it should be owned by the private sector, not the city so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, you're real big on this uh, town, this town center. The Salisbury Town Center. The yeah. Salisbury Town Center project. Yeah. What's your viewpoint on this? Well, let me start by saying, first of all, I'm not opposed to development. That's number one. Number two, I'm a banker by profession. I'm not down on, on de development. Let me say, but I've been downtown, I own a building downtown, full disclosure, for 25 years. So I was down there when Feldman's, you know, was down there as an antique store. And, um, you, and you've got Parker Place, too, Yeah, right well, we door. did. Yeah, Back okay. in the day, yeah, we had a garden center down yeah. there. It was really cool. Um, so I've got a seat at the table when it talks about stuff downtown, not a, a Johnny come lately. As it relates to the lots, the, the challenges in the business, central business district is that, historically, we've been dependent upon surface parking provided by the city. So right now, now, the Salisbury Town Center project buys up a good portion of the surface parking, puts back what I consider to be 20 pounds of potatoes, a five-pound bag. It's an oversized project. And then pushes all the parking into a parking garage, which I think if you, again, take a, take a, take a toll of, you know, take a, a, a poll of people around the city, they don't really want to do that. They want in, in and out parking, not, you don't need all of it. But we need surface parking that's convenient parking for the restaurants, for the insurance agent, for the lawyers. For the, for, the, for the handicapped that don't need to go in the garage. All of that's been done in a very expeditious way without, without a lot of you know, fanfare. I mean, even people downtown, engineers, lawyers, bankers, investors, didn't have any idea it was far yeah, as far as... I mean, I've been at the meetings and I've written about it, and this came up with Unity Square. Sure. Where people were like, what are they doing? And then once they Googled it, they realized we had been writing about it a lot. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not saying there wasn't some components that weren't available. Yeah. I think when, when it came right down to it, I understood Unity Square to be a totally different project than it ultimately became. And maybe there were modifications that were made that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't. Right. But I, I, I got to be honest with you, most people are kind of living their lives and running their businesses and doing sure. their thing. So yeah. I think we need to be drenched in it rather than just being like, it was, I, in line, it was on line, yeah. line seven of, you know, last, yeah. last month. Yeah, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is that uh, there's a whole bunch of problems there. They gave away the land, in my opinion, even though the developer said, you know, basically it was worthless. You don't do a $45 million project on worthless land, period, new paragraph. So that, that's just sort of, I think, spin to say that it... it so the, the land is not worthless. Um, we gave it away. We're giving away the impact fees. We're defer... Not, we're not deferring the taxes. We're forgiving the taxes. So we're talking about a several million dollar giveaway, in my opinion, that didn't need to happen, right? While other projects around the city footprint are occurring without any incentives, right? So how is that? Further than that, the, the parking garage itself, even if it works out to the to the 
best possible scenario, I presented two weeks ago, or sorry, two months ago, to the city, a cash flow that um, showed that the garage will lose $400,000 a year. And to this moment, including the other night's meeting, no one's ever responded. That's just, to me, bad management and a lack of response to taxpayers, in my opinion. Let me sound argumentative, and I don't mean Go to. Ahead. I don't mean Go to. ahead. So years ago, 25 years ago, when Frank Hanna got the, the place for Brew River, the yeah. land there, I think he paid $75,000 for it. And he had, I think he had offered one fifty, and the city rejected it, and then they came back a couple years later and did it for seventy five. And I wrote an editorial for the Daily Times, like, this is the dumbest thing the city's ever done. And then I was informed that, wait, there was no other bidder. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't want to own this property forever. It's a prime piece of property. We want it to be developed. Frank's got a great history of yeah, sure. running restaurants. He can develop it. And I was like, it's never going to work. No one's going to eat food next to the Purdue plant. It's never going to work. 25 years later, I'm completely wrong. It's a, it's a complete starter for that whole part of town. Yeah. So why can't a town center thing that was also put out to bid at a price that everyone says was too low, Yeah. why can't that have the same effect, that same you know success rate that something like a Brew River did? Well, I actually have a unique experience because I've actually bought a couple parking lots from the, from the city long ago. They were smaller, much adjacent to our building. And that process was painful, right. very painful. In the case of the salt, you know, as it relates to... Um, uh, the Hanna property, there were some other issues with le leasing back of the parking and sure. some access to the water and whether we're going to... So that's what held up that deal. Right. Uh, I think having a restaurant on the river, hmm, that pretty much is, for me, a no-brainer. Right. Even with the, the Purdue plant across the street, it still, I had I think, had a high, high, high success rate. As it relates to the da uh, Salisbury Town Center project, there was one ad three inches wide in the Daily Times, three inches long in the Daily Times in 2015. And we're talking about a deal eight years later where they've made modifications to the original footprint of the project with no re reposting. Right. So it to me, it's a fundamentally different case. Worse than that, I can almost live with the process if the project was, was, was worthwhile, but right. it's not. And it doesn't consider anybody else in the footprint of the downtown. That's the other piece. You know, Frank was doing a standalone project and on the river, it was his, his deal. This impacts everybody in the central business district in a big way. And it's already being felt, Greg. Right. Already being felt. I'll button up the issue because sure. this is a, Go ahead. We a, go on forever. a planning and zoning issue. But, yeah. um, but $400,000 is a loss. I'm thinking like the parking garage downtown, which is pretty much paid for, probably loses money too. But it's a service the city has to offer. So even if the new parking garage, by your math, loses $400,000 a year, aren't we going to recoup that through the taxes that are going to come from the town center development and all the people that are going to be there? Well, $8 million later. Right. You know, $8 million. Between the loss of the taxes and the, the, the subsidizing of the garage, which, again, we don't even know is going to fully ramp up. I mean, I, I've done the math. Trust me, I've done the math. And right. I, I picked up brought you a cash flow, so you maybe we can talk sure. about it next week and put it in the independent. But here's my challenge. If the city had said, hey, when I presented to the city, if the city had said to me, oh, no, no, we've done a cash flow, they haven't even done a cash flow. I mean, that's, that's challenging for me, and that's why I'm in this race. I'm saying, listen, guys, you know, whatever your feelings, reasonable people can disagree. These are numbers. We, can't, we can disagree over them, but right. these are very objective measures. Right. I just think, again, I'm sorry, as a developer... Um, I don't think I want the government to decide whether my project is good or bad. I want them to support me making the city more progressive and having some growth 
rather than just a, a parking lot in the middle of the urban center of Salisbury. So again, we don't want to conflate here. Sure. I'm not suggesting we don't develop anything. And I I'm apologize. I sound like I'm arguing. No, 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 I know. What I'm saying is, I'm not saying not to develop. What I'm saying is the project doesn't work for the entire footprint of the downtown. Okay. So, and, and to your point, as far as government, the government dictates what you're going to do every day on every issue, you know, as far as the permitting and the environmental. And, and that's the other thing. We've sold eight or six, I'm sorry, six, we got eight for eight, or I think it's 12 total for sale. We got 600 contractors in total, and we've never done a parking study. Does that seem unusual to you? It does, does to me. You know, if you, you've got an existing footprint that dependent upon this parking, and you're selling two-thirds or three-quarters of your parking, and you've never done a parking study, an impact study, even if it's rudimentary, we haven't done a professional one or a rudimentary one, doesn't that seem unusual? And so, to your going back to my original sure. point, I'm running because I feel like I offer a set of skills and a set of, you know, understanding of things that maybe are missing at the present time. But as mayor, you, you still want growth to continue downtown. I'm very optimistic okay. about the city of Salisbury, and I love the city of Salisbury. I invest every day my money. I've been downtown. I've been in the neighborhoods. I've been in Church Street. I've been in Newtown. I've been in Camden. I've renovated every, in every one of those neighborhoods, I've renovated and resold properties. I'm optimistic about the city of Salisbury. There, so that's also to the point, you know, I'm talking about this for 20 years. I've got a tremendous amount of things I would champion that would make Salisbury better just given the chance. And um, so I'm very optimistic about Salisbury. I'm not down on Salisbury at all. So you get elected. Give me yeah. the first couple things you're going to champion. As soon as you get in there, what do you want to do? Well, I think bring the team together. I mean, I think for me as a customer of the city, I've seen a morale issue. And I think that's probably come from a variety of things. Um, but, yeah, I would think I would try to um, uh, you know, get the team together, kind of, kind of reposition, um, certainly get the council you know, in the in, in you know, working together with me and be you know um, you know approachable and um, you know I think that's one of the things that one of my stronger skills is is my people skills and, and I can bring people together and even if they have diverse opinions so so the mayor's job is one of those jobs you can do it kind of any way you want there are no rules you can sort of be a figurehead guy and kind of let the administration handle things or you yeah. can really roll up your sleeves and get in there what kind of mayor do you want to be I think the latter for sure definitely I mean. I mean, I think you know the city's uh, you know employs I think around 450 people. I mean, it's a big it's a big footprint. There's a lot on the on the table. There's a lot of, a lot of projects going on, but a lot of things that need to be uh, managed. And you know, uh, um, I think as a statement that um, creating a friendlier, um, more inclusive, um, and respectful to the public, I think is uh, where I would kind of start and. In that regard, I'd be definitely rolling up my sleeves on a daily basis. I think that um, um, I uh, yeah, just that would be a, a general starting place for sure. One of the things we hear where there's competition apparently is between the neighborhoods and downtown. The the theory has been for the last ten years or so that downtown is the heart of the city. We have to fix the heart. That will help the yeah, neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, What's going on in the neighborhoods? Are there problems out there, and what can the city do with, with these with the neighborhoods, or is it? Or is it all together? Can we do both? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, 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 it depends on what neighborhoods you're talking about. I mean, there's some neighborhoods that, in the city that are far and away from the from the from the from the, from the downtown. Having said that, you know, Newtown, Camden, Church Street, to a different degree, we're all within walking distance of that, of the downtown. Um, I mean, uh, if I look at Church Street 30 years ago and Church Street today, it's got some of the same very same problems. I would like to take a more holistic, big picture. 
uh, partnership approach to it. Um, I mean, I'm a housing guy. I, you know, I, I think I love neighborhoods. I love older houses. I'd like to see more, you know, people invested in the neighborhoods to include Newton Street and Smith Street, which I live around the corner from. Um, you know, my little enclave of North Camden, we, uh, I bought that house, a 15-room rooming house. I converted it back to a single. I raised my kids there. It was Dr. Toll's house back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I got to give you a lot of credit on that because you were one of the, you were the first to go in there and redo that house, and it really set the tone for that North Camden neighborhood. Yeah, we added, we added three or four homeowners through there, still adding more today. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, I own a couple of rental buildings in that area, and we, we know all our neighbors, and we're very friendly, and... It's good. I mean, and we're all, I think it's probably one of the coolest parts of town because you can walk right downtown and, and, and do you know, Brew River or Market Street or whatever. You know, it's kind of cool. One thing I heard you say, um, I heard it somewhere, you said no more vanity projects. And I was like, what are vanity projects? Give me an idea of when you say no more vanity projects. Well, I think <laughs> that's a complicated one. There are things that I think the previous administration wanted to do that sort of checked boxes that kind of made sense in a political level, but didn't make sense on a lot of practical levels. And, I'm, and, I, and I, I could label them, and I could, I could name them, but um, there's, there's this shiny penny chasing that's going on that, you know, we always want to have a photo op opportunity, in my opinion. Um, it, it, you know, you can do a lot of cool stuff and advance the city, and, but you don't, have to, you don't have to follow, you know, the trail of, of the, what I call vanity projects. Um, that don't, you know, the, the, I'll give you a small example. Like one of the things that the, the environmental committee came up with is they, they got the bags banned, which I agree with. I, don't, I mean, I, I say agreed with. I go to the dump all the time and I see the bags flying everywhere and I think it's a bad idea. You know, I think it's a terrible idea. But at the same time, we've got the city's recycling trucks going around the city all day long and they dump the stuff in like they do the regular trash. So how does that make sense from a resource basis? I mean, there's only 7 or 8% of the, the plastics that get recycled. Okay, we can acknowledge that, and maybe we can do some things differently. Maybe there's some other technology we can deploy, but I'm just saying, let's have a real conversation and you know about that stuff and 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 save some resources and do do better. I'm just saying. But like Town Square, you're okay with that? Because I remember like when you would be at events on North Division in front of the city government building, and it, it felt like it just was enough space for us to spread out as a city, and we needed some sort of central space. So I love the Town Square idea. What are you talking about, Town Square? You mean the Unity Square? Oh, Unity Square. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I mean, the way that they built Main Street now, you can you can lock that off and make it a closed area, so it's kind of got the benefit of the plaza, but, right. the, at the, but the functionality of a street. So, in my opinion, I agree. I think we've got you know we've got the uh, amphitheater project, and we've got the uh, the downtown Main Street that we can shut off if we want to do festivals or carnivals or Third Fridays, and that's that's another thing. You know, I think you know one of the things I'd like to do if I were mayor is I would try to make the downtown much like Berlin where we have weeklies that go from soup to nuts, spring to fall, and we're doing projects that we're doing events that are like cornhole and uh, national competitions and you know skateboard events and uh, jazz festivals and things like that that are smaller in nature but so that everybody knew on a Friday or Saturday night there's something going on downtown, small or large. To me, that gives it a much different appeal than Third Friday once a month and then a big festival once a year, although I like the Maryland Folk Festival. It was cool. Okay. Closing question. Sure. Four years from now, when you're back here sitting in the chair interviewing uh, to run for re-election, what's my hometown going to look like? I hope better, for sure. I think, I think more confident in your management, for sure. And I'll make that my first priority. I mean, I think being upfront with folks and being transparent, you can you can actually have some failures and some things that go wrong, but you, you need to be transparent, you need to be honest, tell the truth the first time all the time. 
What's your website? How can people find out more about you? Randy Taylor for mayor.org or my Facebook page, Randy Taylor for the city of Salisbury mayor, mayor for the city of Salisbury. So. He's Randy Taylor. He's running for mayor of Salisbury, and we're thrilled he had time to be with us here today. Thanks so much, Randy, for coming Thank you, in. Greg. I appreciate it. I'm Greg Bazzard from the Salisbury Independent Newspaper, another edition of 101 right here on Pack 14Bershaw Federal is proud to support PAC-14 and one-on-one. We'd encourage every business to support PAC-14 and, and pick a program and support it and let's make a difference.